Hello, and welcome to Cast. I was walking in a forest the other day, and I found a tire swing, and I felt like a child, because obviously I stood on it. Stood on it, like half sort of stood on it. It was quite a small tire, I didn't really fit in it. My hips is too big, but uh, I still had a good time on it. I had a swell time. Lots of innocent, childlike fun on my little tire swing. But here is something else that I didn't realize. Here is a fun fact for you. Rhododendrons, the plant rhododendron, they have flowers on them. I thought they were just leaves. I thought they were just leafy bushes. But... They have really pretty flowers. I was going through this... Well, it wasn't a forest. It was a woods. Let's be honest. I'm in Scotland, by the way. And... Yeah, they had all these really pretty purple flowers on them. And it was really nice. Very pretty. Apparently, they can be all different colours as well. Which I did not realise. Like blue, yellow. The ones I saw were purple. But yeah... That's a thing. So being in Scotland, I do quite a lot of driving around and I see what is uh, just what's around. I drive with no particular purpose. And I just sort of see what's around sometimes. But on this occasion, I was heading to Fife. And in Fife, there are two places. One, well, there's more than two places. But on this occasion... There are two places near each other. One of them is called Burnt Island, and one of them is called Cowden Beef. When you put those two together, you get Burnt Island Cowden Beef. I grew up on the internet. I was around for the original time when taking Benedict Cumberbatch the wonderful actor's name, uh, and basically putting any word beginning with B and C instead of it allows you to still understand completely that you are talking about Benedict Cumberbatch. Burnt Island Cowden Beef, the, um, the award-winning actor, popped up on a road sign, and uh, I made a TikTok of it, and a lot of people enjoyed it. And a lot of people had their own versions. Allow me to read some for you now. Benevolent Cucumber Barbecue Crumpet Patch Blueberry Cantaloupe Bodacious Coordinate Benjamin Cumber Cycle Benadryl Cucumber Patch Wimbledon <laughs> Wimbledon tennis match is my favourite so far because although it goes against the rule of the of the B and the C, Wimbledon tennis match in con <laughs> in context still makes sense. Bendy straw cup of soup, Benadryl Coraline, Brothmaster chicken soup, breaded camembert. Berlin Curtain Brunch Bubonic Sour Patch 
The creativity is astounding me. Bestricken consciousness. Beethoven chloroform. And last but not least, Beanie Boy custard bun. He was great in the imitation game. So that's been entertaining me for the past uh, couple of days. If you, if you added a comment, if you added a name in the comments there, thank you very much. You are appreciated. So today is another Cavancast episode, clearly, as you're listening to it now. And we are going to use some randomly generated words to give us, to give me some things to chat at you for a little bit. That's how it works. If you're new here, hello. If you're old here, thank you very much for still being here. It's nice to have you. The first word of today is jeans. I was going through stuff recently and um, I found a pair of jeans from when I was, I must have been about 13, and they still fit. I don't know if I should be worried about that, but I reckon it's just because I I shot up at 11. I didn't shoot up, like, <laughs> I wasn't shooting up at 11. Enough of that. Um, height, I shot up in height at 11 years old. I think I stopped somewhere in 12, and, and then that was kind of about it. I still have the same hair as well. I'm basically 12, but with a mustache. Right, okay, so I think I think you can tell what decade is coming back into fashion. You know how like fashion repeats itself like history does? I think you can tell what decade is coming back into fashion by how far away the jeans sit from the legs. Like flares or skinny jeans or like bootcut jeans. Like when I started to wear skinny jeans, I wore my mum's skinny jeans from the last time that she wore skinny jeans back in the day, back in her day. And there were Levi's, Levi 501s. Can't beat them, man. Cannot beat Levi's. Then I started wearing Criminal Damage when I started going to... Well, then in our place, it was like the... There was a shop in the city closest to where I grew up, and it was like our equivalent of Hot Topic, and it was called Tiger Lily. I don't know if that was just specific to where that was or whether there were a load of them around. But um, yeah, Tiger Lily, that was, it was essentially Hot Topic. And there was another one called Hard Edge as well. Um, I think they're both gone now. I'm not sure. But yeah, that's where I got all my stuff when I was, um, when I was younger. And I think I started wearing Criminal Damage first. And then maybe I just stuck with criminal damage. I really like criminal damage. Please, please don't take that out of context. That sounds bad. I don't think I ever, um, I don't think I ever wore a pair of jeans that didn't have a rip in them somewhere. Even like ranging from pea-sized to the size of my leg. Um, whether, whether it was my fault the rip was there, or the makers, is irrelevant. Um, but it was usually mine, let's be honest. And it was usually from skating as well, just taking bales and landing on my knees or um, on my butt, 
often had holes in my butt. Jeans, the butt of my jeans. We all wore these um, these studded belts. Uh, and we all tore apart so many t-shirts and hoodies while skating in them. Because if you fell on them, or even if you just sat down with them on, the studs would end up tearing the hell out of these t-shirts. Our parents were not happy with us. Usually it was, um, yeah, usually it was the knees though. What, there was one time I remember having a, a rip in the hind quarters and it would have been there for about a month, just getting bigger over time. Uh, I didn't know about it because I heard a rip once and I checked and I should have checked harder. Because I didn't check as hard, a lot of people will have had a very interesting view for about a month. It's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Jeans. Remember that? Was it? Who was? It wasn't Rebecca Black. It was one of the other ones from that same company that did Friday, Friday. And the song was called My Jeans. Ashley, but I only remember the Brock Baker version, which is like the parody, where he's like, Ashley Tisdale's wearing my jeans. Kiki Palmer's wearing my jeans. Man, I can't believe you wore those jeans like me. My jeans, my jeans. I can't remember how the actual song went. Rebecca Black's smashing it now. Big fan of her for... Sticking it out. Yeah, mad respect to Rebecca Black. She seems sound. Way to absolutely own, own your stuff and own what you do and power through something that you refuse to be defined by. Yeah. Good for you, Rebecca Black. So the next word is console. Console? Console. Let's do both. My first console was the Sega Mega Drive. Well, technically it was my uncle's. It was the, it was the first console I ever played. Um, and thinking about it now, the Sega Mega Drive is spelled S-E-G-A-M-E-G-A. So, surely it should be the Sega Mega Drive, the Sega Mega, the, the Sega Mega Drive, or the Sega Mega Drive. Right? How have I not noticed that before? Anyway, I used to play Sonic the Hedgehog a lot and Echo the Dolphin because they were the, they were the, um, they were the games that my uncle had. It was, yeah, Sonic 1, Sonic 2 and Echo the Dolphin. And I love them. That's probably why I like, uh, Green Hill Zone from Sonic so much because it was that age, it was such a developmental age. The first console I ever owned was a Nintendo 64. I was like, have you ever seen that kid, the video of that kid who gets a Nintendo 64 for Christmas and goes absolutely crazy? That was me. It wasn't actually me in the video, but it was, give him some curly hair. No, blonde hair, I had blonde hair at that time. Give him some blonde hair and uh, I think he already had blonde hair. It wasn't me. That that kid about me. Um, 
yeah, just just give him give him a massively deep voice instead of him going, "Oh my God, it's a Nintendo sixty four." Imagine me as a four year old going, "Oh my God, it's a Nintendo sixty four." Mother, thank you. And then I played Legend of Zelda, fell in love with it. Super Mario, fell in love with it. Toy Story two, fell in love with it. Um, do you want to hear a sad story? Um, my mum used to work with this guy uh, who had a Nintendo 64 and he had a game that I really, really wanted. And um, he, so I was about five or six at this point. And he said that he would swing by and he would drop off the game so I could borrow it. And he was like, like you know when you're like really young and there's these people that like, I mean, he must have been, must have only been about 20, but you sort of like, you really look up to him like they're the coolest people in the world. His name was Tom and he was that to me. And I, on the day he was supposed to come around, I waited and I waited and I waited and I waited and he never came. He never showed up and I was stood looking out the window for a long time and he never came. Maybe that's why I've never stood anybody up before. Because, well, let's just say I needed consoling afterwards. Yeah? 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 See, even when telling a sad story, there is room for my genius. I, I get why people prefer PCs over consoles. I do, I do. I even built one myself, um, which is currently collecting dust because I live in a van and there's not enough space for it. But I get it. But um, the consoles have a, a hold on my heart like no other. And um, the, the days I the days I spent playing Legend of Zelda and Super Mario and um, all of them, army soldiers, army men, like an army men game, um, with playing them with that controller in my hand, looking at my tiny, tiny little TV, shaped such a big part of me. And the sound on those games was so, so cool and so immersive that it, and the, the, the soundtracks were so good that it, it didn't matter that it was being played on a small TV. When audio is that good, it does the job of immersing you anyway. The visuals sort of don't really matter. I was having that conversation the other day. Audio is like 50, if not more than 50% of immersion into a story. I want to build a console, like, like a NASA type looking console. You know, like the big ones. I want to build like, a console that has loads of buttons that are like pressable and they all make really satisfying sounds. They don't do anything. They just they just have really satisfying like clicks in like like they all sound like they're doing stuff. They all make really fun sounds. I'm talking about a child's toy, aren't I really? <laughs> and then just put a big red button in the middle of it. And when you press it, I don't know what will happen. Ooh, ooh, ooh.
That's my alarm. If you want to take that for your alarm in the morning, feel free to take this audio snippet of whoop, whoop, whoop. It's time to wake up. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I said wake up. There you go, free alarm call for you. Not, not, as in cannot. Not, not, but cannot. Not, not, but not. I was not a scout, nor was I a cub. I didn't do any of that. I don't, do you have that in America? So yeah, scout's honor. Yeah, I wasn't a scout or a cub. I was like a, I was a lone wolf, man. I didn't need anybody. It was just me. Me and nature. Me and the elements. No, my mum just never signed me up. I was um, I was too used to playing unsupervised in the woods. Being supervised then would just be boring. I can't go from being unsupervised. I was so used to freedom. I couldn't do that. However, if I was in the scouts when I was a child, I would have learned some rather useful skills like the tying of all manner of knots. I can make a very nice bow. That's what I can do, or a double knot. Basically, if, you, if, you are, if you're able to tie your shoelace like it, I can do it. But I never learned any others. If something appeared in my life that, that needed to be knotted for, for safety, I don't know what that would be. Like I needed to not tie tie something down to something, um, like in the back of a truck or something. I don't know. Well, I guess you'd use a ratchet strap. Oh my god! Stop getting in the way of your own hypothetical scenario. <laughs> Jesus, talk about self sabotage. So I, I would, if I had to do that, I would just do. I would just do the normal knot, but just make it really tight. So that when it comes to undoing it again, you can't. <laughs> Isn't that fun? I may not talk too much about that because untying knots can be rather frustrating, but actually can also be rather therapeutic and relaxing. Like untangling things, like nine out of 10 times, I, like if it's a cable or something, I will be shaking it and swearing at it. But every now and then, with like, say, like there's like a tangled up necklace or something, if I'm not busy, just sitting there with the task of like slowly teasing the thread out of itself, yeah, it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice, I guess. There's knots like tree knots. So I was um, chopping wood at work the other day. Yeah, there's an image for you. I am no lumberjack, and I definitely, it definitely took me a while to get into the swing of things. Get it? Because you chop wood by swinging an axe. Huh. Joking. Um, but yeah, I was just chopping all these, uh, all these, all these woods, um, with my axe. And every now and then I would hit a massive knot in the wood and the vibration that was sent through 
my body was comparable to some reiki healing thing. It was like someone gonged me. It felt like, you know, in Looney Tunes when someone gets hit on the head and they're like, that's that. That was my vibe. Vibe vibration. Because, oh, what is happening to me today? We're having fun. We're having fun. I can totally see why people just move to a farm and just chop wood all day and do farm things. You know, chop wood for a fire. What else do people do? (laughs) What else do I need to do? Collect some water from the lake. Mow the grass. Um chop more wood I don't know maybe I shouldn't do this if all I know how to do is chop wood I can do that very well I'll always be warm I will always be warm uh, from the chopping and from the fire that it subsequently allows me to create but someone wait someone told me that this, this was while I was chopping wood I found this out it was a group activity it wasn't just me um that if you are if you don't have any fire lighters or any way to actually light a fire that has like wood and stuff, instead of fire lighters, you can use, and get ready for this, Doritos. Apparently have not fact checked. This doesn't sound like truth to me, so I could be spreading lies. But I really think that there could be, it's, it's so crazy, it might just be true. So, who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Someone try it and tell me. I want nachos now. Mmm. What do you call cheese that isn't yours? Theft. And it's not funny. Okay? Don't be waiting for a punchline. It's not a joke. Millions of families suffer every year. So dream (laughs) is the next word. Um, really, really happy this, well, I'm sort of happy this word came up because I, I'm very into dreams, less so now, um, because now when I, when I, uh, when I sleep, I like really want to sleep, but, um, I was really into dreams and that the, the, the concept of dreams and how dreams worked as a kid i've basically i've spent a lot of my life figuring out and researching how the brain works and what it can kind of do um and why it does the things that it does basically um i got tired of my brain acting in certain ways and me not knowing why it does it so i just started searching for answers and i got a lot of them and um yeah, dream, dreams are a really interesting one. And I'm the reason I say I'm happy that it's come up and I'm also not happy is that, you know, I can't, I don't have time to talk about it much here, but I I think what I might do is just do a whole episode on dreams. Um, because, you know, it's very on brand, isn't it? So, and I, and I can talk about it for a long time. So I will do that. Um, but for now, I'll just talk a bit about it. I will give you a little teaser into what I know about dreams and some cool stuff about about dreaming. Um, I think I got into it because 
you know, as well as finding out about the answers, it might have just been another form of escapism as a kid. Like I would, like I wasn't satisfied enough with just daydreaming. I had to like pack a punch my actual dreams as well. Because daydreaming is all right. Daydreaming is fine most of the time. You know, you have a thought and you you let it take you away, and it tends to be a preferred world that you that you create. But actual dreams, it's like if you um, if you're keeping stuff in, that that processing needs to happen whether you like it or not, and it's going to happen whether you like it or not. And uh, your dreams in that case are going to be rather animated <laughs> and not in a Pixar way either. So yeah, I had a, I had that uh, kind of a fair amount growing up and um, one of the first dreams I remember having was being chased by a tractor and I was running away from it. It was like one of those, I remember specifically, it was one of those like big blue tractors. You know, you get like blue, green and red. It was one of the blue ones. And um, yeah, I was running from it. And I was like, oh, I know, I'll run up a tree. It can't catch me if I, if I run up a tree, if I climb a tree really quickly. Turns out, thanks, oh brain of mine, why not allow a tractor to climb a tree? Huh? Go on. Don't be on my side, brain. Don't let me run away from this tractor up a tree. That's silly. No, let's make the tractor able to climb the tree. I like that idea. Print that. Print that one. God damn. So yeah, I got I got really interested in dreams and heard that there there is a there's a way to basically more or less control them. Enter lucid dreaming. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. So lucid dreaming is essentially becoming lucid in a dream. Thank you for that clarification. I hear you say you are welcome. Basically, it's becoming aware that you are dreaming in the dream. And I think most people have had moments like this at some point where you're like, wait, is this a dream? I don't I don't think I have a dog with seven heads. At least I don't think I do. And it sort of makes you wonder, am I, am I dreaming right now? So yeah. Um and it's like the whole pinch me, I must be dreaming. Um but there is actually ways. Is actually ways? There are actually ways to practice this ability to become conscious in your dreams and even control them to an extent and it's been used by a lot of people to overcome a lot of issues my issue a lot with lucid dreaming i had some really good ones flying is a very cool thing um but my my issue with with it was that i used to when I realized I was in a dream, I got really excited. I was like, oh my God, I realized, oh my God, I'm here. And um, excitement and dreams don't don't tend to go too well together. Like, oh my God, I'm dreaming. Ah, oh, that was many a time. That was my normal kind of thing. 
I wasn't disciplined enough to just not get too excited about it. Okay, I need to uh, move my legs because I can't feel my legs. Oh no. Suck when the feeling comes back. Oh, it hurts. It's very sensitive. Oh dear. Oh. To round this off, I um, I don't know how I feel about dreams, um, in the sense that I don't really know what they are, but I kind of feel like I'm not totally against the idea that they are like potentially windows to other things i don't think they're inherently that but i think consciousness is a very interesting thing so who knows but yeah i'll do a whole episode on dreams and that'll be um that'll be fun i might record some of my dreams and i'll let you know what they are i used to keep a dream journal so I'll see if I can dig that out and tell you some of the crazy ones I've had. Because there's nothing more monotonous than someone telling you about a dream that they had. Especially when it's not particularly dis- like descriptive. And that's what this podcast is for. Sending you to sleep. So, you're welcome, basically. But now for the last word. And the last word is silent. As in, that's the word. The word is silent. Okay, just in case you got confused. Okay, cool. And I did uh, that thing that I do sometimes, and I decided to write a poem for it instead, just to end this off. And I now realize I haven't actually read this out loud yet. So we'll see. When the first snow falls, Silence makes itself heard. When the conductor raises his hand before the orchestra, silence makes itself heard. When the clock strikes, strikes, then strikes no more, silence makes itself heard. When the breeze dances through the trees at night and finishes, with a bow, silence makes itself heard. On top of a mountain, or deep within a cavern, silence can be found. Much like how, at the highest of your highs, and the lowest of your lows, silence can also be found. In a baby that has finally drifted to sleep, and the shoulders of the parents descend, and in a lock of the eyes with a star-crossed lover that never wills an end. In all of us, inside our hearts and minds, there is silence waiting to be heard. All we need do is listen to the breaks in the singing of the birds. Yeah, it's a poem, isn't it? Silence truly can be deafening, huh? I love that phrase. That's one of my favourite phrases. The silence is deafening. Ooh. 
you get really profound when you talk about that kind of thing. And it's very cool. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed the poem. I am going to leave you with that. I didn't say I hope you're doing well. Maybe I did say I hope you're doing well. I do hope you're doing well. And I hope you take care of yourself. I hope you are kind to yourself. Please do both of those things. Look out for more Benedict Cumberbatch based punning on my TikTok. <laughs> if you want to follow me on any of them, any of the socials, it's all Cavan Kingston. And uh, yeah, that's about it. All right. Have a nice rest of your day. I'll speak to you soon. Bye.